welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being on. I would love for you to just kind of like introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about you before we dive into all of the things. Yeah, I'm Tia Nash. I'm based in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I'm a queer wedding photographer here and I mostly photograph weddings. I also do some business coaching and some mentoring, but like my main deal right now is wedding photography. Amazing. Okay. And I'm like so excited to talk to you about your journey into this because I saw in your stories the other day that you were not always a photographer. I think you posted about no. it like mm-hmm. in the last couple of days. And I remember being like, oh my God, like they have so many credentials outside of photography. So what was like your journey into the photo world? Like how did we get here? Yeah. So it's been a very long journey. So I'm 32 for like reference. Um, and so all throughout high school, I just wanted to be a photographer. I spent like as much time as possible in the dark room. I used to skip math class and go (laughs) and like work in the dark room. I just wanted to be a photographer, but I was always like good at math and science. And so my parents and every adult in my life really pushed me towards math and science. So I went, I got the science degree, did that, like graduated top of my Mm -hmm. class and like did well at science and was like good at it but it just was never it it never it it was fun but it it just wasn't my favorite thing to do yeah Mm -hmm. um but I had the science degree so then I was a high school math and science teacher for eight years and I did that (laughs) I like got to the point where I was like a good teacher but Again, I'm a very introverted person. And Mm -hmm. so spending eight years teaching like 100 to 150 high school students every single day just wore me out. I was so exhausted at the end of every day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I think that would wear an extrovert out. I'm like, as an introvert though, I would die. (laughs) Yeah. I mostly, I just made it through eight years by being extremely stubborn and just being like, yes, I can do this. And I really liked my students. I like I would find joy in parts of it that I liked. Um, But then eventually it was when I turned 29, I was realizing that I was like, okay, so retirement is at 65. I haven't even been alive 30 years and I have 35 more years before I can retire. And then that realization just kind of spiraled me into being like, I need to get out of teaching. Like I need to get out of this. This isn't what I want to do. So then I made the goal to start making money doing something creative. It was... November of that year and I hadn't done anything (laughs) and so then I started just like reaching out to my friends um, and I had always like had cameras around and I was always kind of like the friend who documented our lives Mm -hmm. like when I was traveling I was always the one taking pictures so then in that November I reached out to some friends who were recently engaged did an engagement shoot like fell in love with it and then just went full force I like use that shoot. And then in December, I had my first paid shoots and just worked and worked and worked and worked until I built a portfolio. And like within 14 months, I went full time and quit my job. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Kate, was that like terrifying? Cause I'm like teaching is such a, I, my mom was a teacher. Um, my boyfriend used to be a teacher. It's like such a Mm -hmm. solid career that like, God bless all teachers. Cause I'm like, I can't even fathom like the energy that takes, but, um, I feel like it is like a very solid career. You can stay in it forever. So was that scary to leave? Like, was that plunge kind of like, I'm like, I feel like I was scared to drop out of college <laughs> to like do photography. So I can't even imagine like leaving a teaching job. Yeah. And so I did kind of take like a middle step between teaching and photography in that my last 
year and a half, I like worked my way out of teaching. And then I had a job where I was the director of data for a school network. So I was doing data management for like a whole school network. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So that was kind of like my one step out of the classroom. And really like, I thought that that was my dream job. I was like, this is as high as I can go without being like a CEO of a school district. And so I thought dream job, but I hated it. I hated it still. Like it was Mm. not making me happy. Yeah. So it definitely was very scary to leave and to become like full-time photographer. But the scarier thing was the idea of spending 35 more years doing something that I hated doing. Oh, I love that. I'm like, that could be the whole podcast. And I'd be like, (laughs) amazing. Cause I think we all need, oh gosh, we all need to hear that sometimes. Um, well, I love that this was also like your dream job as a child and you got Mm -hmm. to kind of like full circle. Come back to it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sure that was like so serendipitous to come back to this childhood dream job. Yeah. It's been really interesting and kind of like getting over the like years and years of people telling me like, you'll never make money doing art. You can't make money doing photography, this industry saturated, like all of this stuff. And it's funny because actually like just this week, I, so like in 2021, so far it's June. And up Mm -hmm. until now, I like just crossed what my salary was when I was like director of data and it's like half the year. And I'm so I'm like, people told me so much that I could make money doing math or science and I couldn't make money doing art. And like, here I am doubling my salary. Like, oh my gosh. Amazing. I should have done this earlier. I could yeah, have been well, doing I'm, this all. I'm like, well, first of all, congratulations. Cause that's <laughs> so you. exciting and so huge and so worth celebrating. Um, and I think just such a great reminder, yeah, that it's it's possible to make money doing anything nowadays. I feel like I always yeah. like telling people, I'm like, you can do anything right mm-hmm. now. Like it's such especially a- with social fun. media. Yes. Oh my gosh. Truly. So what has kind of, so you said you went full-time. So was it only like a couple years ago then that you went full-time? Yes. I went full-time in 2019. Okay. I had like one full year and then my second year was pandemic. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. That's wild. And now you're just crushing it, making it literally double your income of your old job, even though like half your career was pandemic. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what was that like? I hate talking about coronavirus too much. So we don't have to like dive into that whole disaster, but was that, how was that kind of entering that when you had only been full-time for like a shorter amount of time? It was, it was really hard. Like, I don't want to sugarcoat that. Mm -hmm. Um, at one point, like my anxiety was so bad. I like chipped my tooth in my sleep. Oh my god! (laughs) Like it was, it was, yeah. So definitely wasn't like, 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 oh, it was, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't want to ever like mislead people or think that like, this has only been great because it has Mm -hmm. had a lot of really great points, but there has been stress too. But in all reality, I knew that I was certified to teeth, teach teeth. It's okay. (laughs) Teeth on the brain, teeth on the brain after that story. (laughs) Um, I was certified to teach math and science and they always need math and science teachers. And so I knew that if I needed to, I could go back. And the most stressful part of all of it was like 2019 was a great year for me. Mm -hmm. And I had a really big tax bill then that was due in July of 2020 when nothing was happening. And so like, that was, that was, if you're new in business and listening to this, like set aside 30% of your income always, (laughs) because I made it through and I like, I had enough money, everything worked out. It was just like that moment was extremely stressful to get through. But now I have one more wedding and then I'm on my like slow season. No one really gets married here in New Orleans over the summer. Mm -hmm. And so I've had a pretty busy Springs season and I feel very much 
Like my business is recovered. We're doing things. We're moving. I'm making money. I'm raising my rates. I just got a new brand, a new website. And I'm like, I was going to say, I just saw that your new brand and website came out and it looks phenomenal. It looks so good. So congratulations on that as well, because a rebrand is like huge. I feel like that is such a like heart project that like yeah. takes so much energy and time. Um, so I would love to know, yeah, like what was the driving force behind this new rebrand? Like what is the, are you taking things in a new direction? What is kind of like the why of the direction that you're moving in? Yeah. So my business kind of got to a point where I was realizing it was maturing. And I think also through the pandemic, like I matured myself, we also had a kid. So I became a parent. Oh my gosh. And so I just kind of congratulations all around. I'm like, you're really doing things right now. <laughs> 2020 was like a very hard year and very transformational, mm-hmm. but I feel like a better person because of all of it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, hindsight, you can always find meaning in like all of the yes. rough points of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I really wanted to do a rebrand was that I was finding that the brand that I had before was beautiful and booked and like was good but it was very colorful and it was very, I will be your best friend. And it was very like relatable photographer. Mm -hmm. And I just got to a point where I realized like that wasn't actually me. Like, sure. I am relatable and friendly, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. like I was realizing that that's not really how I approached wedding days. And I kind of had that brand, I think, because I just saw other people doing it. And it was like Mm -hmm. in the beginning of my business, And I saw other people like really killing it at this, like, I'll be your best friend photographer thing, which like, if that is you, then that's, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. But me being this like introverted, more like quiet, calm presence on a wedding day, I was like, this doesn't align. And I photographed a couple weddings where I was like, why did these people book me? Like, I don't vibe with this group. Like Mm -hmm. these are not, I, I just, I got to the point where there was a disconnect. And so I said, okay, we need to do a rebrand. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the biggest investment that I had ever made in my business was like full rebrand, full website. I had never had anyone design my website, but it was just, it was time. It was time. And I feel very happy that it's all done now. <laughs> it looks incredible. I'm like, I was actually going through your website the other day and I was like, wait, this mm-hmm. looks amazing. Um, oh, thank and you. I, I love the idea of like really connecting with yourself to identify like what it is that you're hoping to communicate to your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, what was kind of like your process in doing that and kind of like looking inward and being like, what parts of me do I want to communicate to my audience? What do they need to see from me to make sure that we're a good match? What was that process kind of like for you? Yeah, it was a very long process. And I actually spent about six months going through and figuring out exactly what my brand was before Mm -hmm. hiring someone, which I think was really important because I mean, pretty much all brand designers who you're working with, if they're like good quality brand designers, will come at you with like a big questionnaire to get to know you and your brand. And I think that's where a lot of people really get like held up is they're like, okay, yeah, well, this is what I do. This is what I offer. And if you don't have a deeper connection to it, like it doesn't quite work. Um, So I did like, I just did a really, a lot of journaling and listened to like every podcast I put about like finding your why or like all these different journal prompts. And like, I'm always reading business books, but um, especially books like some of Mel Robbins books. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of what Mel Robbins is always like, well, when did you like feel that in childhood? And like, why do you feel that now go deeper? Why'd you do that? Or like, why, why, why? And just like, keep uncovering layers and layers and layers of like, why am I a wedding photographer? 
it's like, sure, I'm a wedding photographer because I can make a good living doing something that I like doing, but like deeper than that, why, why can I like have a good living? And like, why do I actually enjoy it? And just kind of working through all that through like a lot of journaling got me to where I am now. I love that. Uh, I'm a huge, we're, we're big fans of journaling over here. <laughs> um, I feel like I hate it, but it's very effective. <laughs> yes. I also am like that person where when people yeah. are like, do you journal every day? I'm like, no, why would I ever? I'm like, do people, I don't know if people are actually capable of journaling every day. I'm like, I would be miserable, but I'm like a yeah. good journal session when you feel called to it is like so therapeutic and so helpful. So I love that. Do you have like a favorite resource or prompt or something that you discovered during that time? For me, it was a lot about like, what do I want to happen with my photos after I deliver them? Mm. And for me, it's like, I thought about my client experience. And so like service level, my clients get their photos. They love them. That's great. And that's kind of like level one. And then kind of going beyond that, it's like, well, my couples choose to have kids, like, are they going to be looking at these photos? And like, what are they going to be thinking about with these photos? And really thinking about like, what is my end product? And what is the lifespan of my end product? And like, what kind of impact can that have in the world? And so for for me, like growing up, being like, this queer, non-binary person, who didn't have that language when they were younger, and like, didn't know Mm -hmm. what that looked like. Like, I never thought that I would be getting married. It's probably just because I never thought that I would marry a man. And like, that's the only marriage that I ever saw. Mm-hmm. And so I just, although I do have a lesbian aunt who like, I went to her when I went, I was little. So like the pieces were kind of there. It's just in TV and movies and media and like everything. I didn't ever see the relationship that I wanted, or I could never identify myself in my relationship. So a lot of my why in my business is like, I want to show people like show future generations how beautiful and diverse and vast love can be and how it doesn't have one aesthetic and how there's just so much more than what the media represents or what like young people see. Um, And that's probably also this like why of my business is also like from my years of being a high school teacher and working with teenagers and just like seeing the struggle they go through, especially when they're queer or trans or disabled or anything like Mm -hmm. there's just not the representation. There's more representation now, but I really think that like my photo it's like it feels very maybe my photos aren't actually this important but I feel like uh, my no, photos they are yeah I'm like this is your strength everyone has yeah. their strength that they're like this is the experience that you're an expert in so no I'm like hype it up I want to hear about it it's amazing yeah but I'm sure for me it's about like future generations like maybe feeling alone and not really seeing themselves and then being able to see themselves in my photos and being able to see themselves like beautifully represented and see that like love can be much more than just like a economic partnership that it was a yeah. hundred years ago. Oh, that's, I love that. Oh my gosh. I think that's so beautiful. Do you have like a moment in your career that's kind of stood out to you that just felt like really powerful and like that you would really, I feel like I'm phrasing this question in the worst way possible. It's not coming out very well, but I'm like, do you have a moment where you felt like you really saw your why achieved? Like does something stand out to you as like a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, like this is what I've been wanting to like build and achieve. Yeah. I see it all the time, especially now that my website copy really reflects my why. And now it's like my contact form just says like, tell me some details about yourself. And like 50% of the people who are submitting things into my form now 
are directly copying, pasting, copy off my website into my form and being like, this resonated with us. And this is why we want to hire you. And I can think like one specific client who hired me before the rebrand, but Mm -hmm. they're a interracial couple, lesbian couple from rural Louisiana. They're coming to New Orleans to get married because they couldn't really, they wanted to be someplace where they could be fully celebrated. And they felt like Mm -hmm. they could be celebrated and affirmed here. And it was a huge stretch for them to be able to hire me and to be able to afford me, but they made it work. And it's because they saw like, they're also a very young couple. They're great. I love them. Um, So they're this like young couple who's coming to new Orleans, who just wants to be like loved and affirmed and celebrated and seen. And like how they spoke to me about how important it was that I capture their day. Like that's, that's my why, like people are coming here to work with me and for my mission. And it's because they've been like discriminated against by other vendors. And yeah, that's when I see my way. That's incredible. I, I just love that. And I love that you're able to see like the fruits of your labor kind of come full circle. I think that's such a beautiful moment when you have like this goal and this vision for your business and you get to actually see it come forth. Um, yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And I would love if you feel comfortable, um, because I loved when you filled out my sheet and you were like, not preferred pronouns, pronouns. I was like, (laughs) thank you. I needed that because I was wrong. I would love to know because I think the wedding industry right now is getting a really large wake up call that is way overdue on how Mm -hmm. uninclusive our industry has been for a really long time. But like, what are some things that you feel like we still need to work? I know we have a lot of work to do in the industry, but just like ways that you've personally been able to make things more inclusive and things that we in the industry can still do to make sure that we're being like as inclusive as possible and do not only just like I think sometimes in all aspects of our life, we like to do like the really obvious work, but not really Mm -hmm. progressive work. Like we kind of just go to like the bare minimum instead of like progressing it even further. Do you have things that you think we in the industry can be doing to progress it even further to be more inclusive? This was the most long-winded question. So I'm sorry (laughs) if it made literally no sense at all. (laughs) No, it makes, it makes total sense. And for me, it's that difference between surface level work and really like deep work. And I think that's the biggest thing that we can do as a wedding industry. And so it's very common for people to put like all couples welcome here or LGBTQ couples welcome here. And that's great. But if you're saying that because you're like, yeah, of course, like, of course I'll work with anyone, but not actually thinking about like, okay, well, what if, what if my clients come to me and they use they, them pronouns, or they use neo pronouns that I'm maybe not familiar with, or like, are you fully comfortable photographing trans people and like if you're not then ask yourself why because honestly like I see people like post like love is love pride things all the time and that's great like that is that is a good step in the right direction but if you're posting that but then you're also not fully comfortable with trans people or wouldn't know how to photograph them or work with them then like saying that you're LGBTQ accepting but then not actually being like LGBTQ mm-hmm. affirming. Like representative, it, yeah. It's it's almost more dangerous because it gives queer people this like false sense of security. And so like for me, that's the deeper work that needs to be done. Like, can you fully work with someone who uses different pronouns or are you checking in about like pronouns of wedding party people? Like, how are you interacting with people? Are you putting people into gendered roles or gendered posing when it doesn't really need to be? Mm-hmm. And just kind of examining like deeper. And then there's like little things like 
people would be like, oh, I love, I love is love. I love working with LGBTQ people. And then the next day they'll be like, on my way home from a wedding, got some Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, well, Chick-fil-A still donates a lot of money to these anti-trans causes. So like, there's a disconnect. Like, yeah, <sighs> kind of like the self, I think too like the self-work because yeah I'm like as going to Chick-fil-A I'm sure they're like well this is a personal thing outside of work but yeah. it's like you just did that yesterday so no I'm like I think that's a great perspective that like the work has to be done on a very personal level rather than just like putting something in our bio or our captions yeah. that like yeah of course obviously but then like not looking at the the little things that are destructive on kind of like a micro level yeah. And the second level to this, if I can add a little bit more. Yes. Is oh my gosh, I think I'm like anything. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people think and specifically with wedding photographers, they think that the way to get like to get more LGBTQ people in their portfolio, which like one that's weird, like why are you trying to get anything in your portfolio? <laughs> it like feels kind of tokenized e to me. But a lot of the advice that I see, it's like you get more LGBTQ people in your portfolio if you have like somewhat already in your portfolio, like people want to see themselves represented in your portfolio, which is true. But honestly, like for me, I would rather have someone who's regularly speaking up about queer issues, um, which there have been a ton. There have been a ton of anti-trans bills being passed, like anti-trans use bills being passed all over the place. There's this like ongoing debate about like whether or not trans men and trans women, teenagers, like kids can like play in sports and all these types of things. And I don't really see people talking about it because it's not at all like wedding industry. But if you want to show that you are an ally to the LGBTQ community, like speak up on these issues, advocate for LGBTQ people, like donate to queer causes or volunteer for things like it's Pride Month, a ton of places. Next week, I have a photo booth. Next week, my photo booth is going to an event to benefit um, this like trans housing project. Like oh so many things that you can do that aren't like having a queer person in your portfolio mm -hmm. that still really benefit the community and show that you're an ally on a deeper level than just like love is love and like love is love is great like of course <laughs> I'm yeah. glad we have marriage <laughs> like, mm -hmm. but, but it's yeah it's, more it's to bare do. minimum yeah I feel like mm -hmm. to just say that and not do the further work so I think that's yeah no that's like incredible feedback I guess and like advice for people to like keep going and I think to just being reminded of how much we can do is helpful. Cause I think sometimes yeah. a lot of people get hung up on being like, well, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, well, here's a literal laundry list of yeah. things you can do very easily right now. So I think that's really helpful. Um, I, that has been one of my favorite things to watch of yours as well on TikTok is these ways to make the industry more inclusive and to make mm -hmm. the industry just more comfortable for people as a whole, even like your series yeah. on like what to do if you're introverted. I loved that. Cause I'm like, <laughs> some people don't want to have a giant dance floor. And I like loved learning about that stuff from you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that definitely. like kind of a key part? I'd love to know, like, is that when you're communicating with your clients, do you have like a process on learning about them to make sure that like you're tailoring and that like their wedding is like, representative of who they are as human beings whether that's like introverted and not wanting a dance floor or like wanting a giant party like what has kind of your process become as you've worked with all these different couples yeah so I definitely do have an onboarding questionnaire that kind of gives me a sense of like who they are as a couple and I ask them to submit their favorite photos of themselves 
as a couple so that I can see like what kind of photos they already kind of like of themselves, even if they're just like selfies, Mm -hmm. Um, because it just like gives you a really good idea of like, because some people will send me like a selfie that they took together, like on their couch in their sweatpants. And I'm like, that's great. That's your vibe. And some people will send me, you know, like the last time that they were dressed up in like a suit and a dress or like two suit, like whatever. They're just like more dressed up. Um, And so I really like to kind of see their vibe and see like what kind of image of themselves they see as being like their favorite version of themselves. Um, And then for engagement shoots, I have kind of a longer process where I send them like, I feel like a lot of people will do like, send me your favorite blog post of mine to like help tailor our photo shoot. But I send them a gallery that's just like 101 of my couple's photos kind of all over New Orleans all different styles from like more traditional smiling at the camera to like more artsy to like double exposures, all these different things. And I just tell them to like heart the ones that they feel like they would love to have of themselves. And that gives me like a really, really good idea of like what artistic direction to take with their photo shoot and how to really customize things for them. Because there's some poses that are like the couples making out in the middle of the street. (laughs) I'm like, Mm -hmm. if that's comfortable for you, that's great. But if that doesn't feel like you, you don't feel like making out in the middle of the street. Like we don't have to, mm-hmm. you don't even have to touch. Like I've done whole shoots where they don't even really touch and that's yeah. fine too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I love that idea of like sending them just a gallery of a bunch of different things. Cause yeah, I'm like, sometimes you work with couples who don't even want to kiss. And sometimes, yeah, you work out. I'm like, I literally remember the first time I watched a couple make out in front of me. And I remember being like, oh, okay. Like, cool. Great. Like there's such yeah. a wide range of people that we work with. It as- really is in the wedding industry. So I think that's such a brilliant idea. Um, do you have a moment of your career that has been your favorite and do you have anything up and coming that you're like incredibly excited about? There, there was a wedding that I did. I, I have fun at most, like I like all my yeah, weddings. It's hard <laughs> picking a favorite wedding. I always feel like I'm like, is this how parents feel when like you ask who their favorite child is? Like, it feels kind of wrong sometimes. To yeah. Say favorite. It does, yeah. But there, there was this wedding that I did in the spring and the couple, it was a lesbian couple. They came in from New York city and they were really, really intentional about which vendors that they hired. Um, so their officiant was a lesbian, like I'm their lesbian. Like it, they were really aware and like really worked towards making this like a queer wedding, which I loved. Um, and I love when like the couple walks down the aisle and they get up at the altar and they instantly without the officiant like prompting or anyone doing it like they just do it naturally they just like walk up there and they kiss each other as soon as they see each other even though it's like you're not supposed to kiss until Mm -hmm. the end like I love that because they just were so excited to see each other they also read the um, concluding argument or something like that the the, like final statement from the supreme court decision to legalize same-sex marriage it's by Robert Kennedy it's like a very popular reading at same-sex weddings and it was a reading that we read at my wedding too. And that always, that always makes me cry. Every time that reading happens mm-hmm. <laughs> um, from Robert Kennedy, I always get misty eyed. And so I feel like that just like brings it back because when my wife and I got engaged, like same sex marriage was illegal. Like we couldn't get married and like that sucked. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so to be someone who photographs queer weddings and gay weddings all the time, and I get to see this happen all the time and it's legal. Like it just, it makes me misty eyed every single time. 
I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like, I don't even have anything to say. It's just so beautiful and such a beautiful part of life that you get to witness that so often. I think that's such a like beautiful thing to that's always been my favorite part of being a wedding photographer is that you get to be a part of like such a significant thing and moment for people. And that's like your day job is to like witness like these incredible human moments that are just like, yeah, beyond. And there's this, I feel like it's not just my queer couples. It's, I feel like most of the couples that I attract are people who are like, I never thought that I would find this kind of love, or I never thought that I was like worth this kind of love. And like, now we're here and we're doing this. And it's just this, cause my couples are also like a little bit older. Like I photograph more people mm-hmm. in their like thirties and forties, which I love. Mm-hmm. And so like this kind of, I've been like, they've been waiting a long time for this and just like finally getting to do it. It, it just feels really special and it's really cool to be a part of. That's so beautiful. Oh. I love that. Um, I'm like, I feel like that's what I say at all. I just like always say I love that. And I try, I make an attempt to come up with a new phrase, but I can't, I just love hearing it. And so I say the same thing every time. Um, Okay. So do you have anything up and coming in your business that you're like really looking forward to? I'm like, you're already clearly like crushing it half a year into like the third year. Is it your third year full-time, which is so wild after the pandemic? Yeah. The biggest, so I took we, my daughter was born in October. So I've taken the past like eight months off of doing education. Cause I was just like, well, I'm doing my wedding photography stuff. Mm-hmm. My wedding season was super, super busy this spring. And I've just taken some time and space away from education, but I'm like opening back up my mentoring books. And I have this group program. I've never done like a group coaching program where I was a facilitator, but I have a really solid idea from like figuring out your why a bit more figuring out your pricing, figuring out your offers, figuring out your website copy. So I have that coming up soon within the next couple months. It's like in the beginning stages, I'm like writing everything up now, but I'm very excited for that to come out because I just have, I have some like, I have really great tools that I've used to build my business and I'm very excited to share them with other people and to like watch them use them in their own businesses and just grow. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, congratulations. That's huge. Launching a coaching program is like, that's a big labor. So congratulations. That's (laughs) so exciting. I'm so excited to hear about it. Yeah. I'm very excited. And I've always been, you know, I was a teacher for a long time and teaching always feels very natural to me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm like, you'll be an amazing teacher. You've already done it for so long, which is (laughs) such an amazing skill set. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Well, we'll all have to keep an eye out for that because that sounds so exciting. Um, So to wrap up all of the interview episodes, I always ask each guest the same question and it doesn't have to be related to anything we've talked about, but I always like asking what the best piece of advice is that you've ever been given. Just a very broad question in your whole life. That's just the best piece of advice. The best piece of advice. I, so I am a non-binary person and I don't identify as a woman, but I was raised and like socialized mm-hmm. as a woman in the world. Um, and so one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was like before I even entered my business. And I, so when I first moved to New Orleans, I was an AmeriCorps person and I was doing construction. And then I was talking to one of my volunteers. I was like leading, I was leading groups of volunteers and rebuilding houses here in New Orleans. And one of my volunteers told me, cause I was talking to this woman who was in her fifties, 
And I was talking to her about how I was trying to figure out what my next move was after AmeriCorps. Cause in AmeriCorps, you know, it's a year where you're making like poverty level income. It's like $12,000 over the year. And so I was trying to figure out what my next move was. And I just, I told her that I didn't feel like I was qualified for anything. And she said that the biggest difference between men and women entering the workforce is that women think they need to have 80 to 100% of the qualification and men think that they need to have like 20 to 40% of the qualifications to apply. And so I just started thinking about it of like, go for the things, even if you're only 20 or 40% qualified. And that's kind of that mentality of like, figure it out as you go, go for it. Even if you don't think that you could do it has been something that I've like continually revisited in my life. And I think has been really important. Just like do it and learn on the job, do it and figure it out say yes to booking that gig that you don't think you're qualified to. And then like, figure it out, <laughs> book that wedding yeah. at that dark venue with the hard to light situation. And then like, figure out how to light it because you can always learn things, but you won't learn if you say no. So just say yes Ooh. and do it. Oh, I love that. I'm like, that's amazing advice. I think we all need that reminder that we don't actually have to be perfect at something in order to do mm-hmm. it. Like you can never perfect something if you never even try. So I love that. That's incredible advice. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Okay, well, I think about I, it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm going to think about that all the time. Every time I need a little bit of a kick in the ass, I'm going to have to remember that, that I don't have to be at hundred percent. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I've been so excited to talk to you. So thank you so much for taking the time and coming on. Can you tell us all where we can find you on the internet? Yeah. I'm at Tia Nash on Instagram, Tia.Nash on TikTok. Um, those are really the two platforms that I'm on the most. Amazing. Amazing. We love a good name across the board. Easy yeah. to find. <laughs> the best. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Tia, for being on the podcast. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you.